Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. Welcome everybody to the third annual Selection Sunday off the cuff episode. I am Adam Banks, and it's the best time of the year because it is March Madness. And I have an all-star lineup in the studio to talk about the brackets that were just that was just released tonight in the studio. I have Chad Rainwater, Zach Hahn, and Jordan Canasser. Zach, thank you for uh, being in studio uh, tonight, man. Last well, I appreciate you having me. It's uh, always a great tradition that you have. Uh, when I think March Madness, I think off the cuff. So I'm <laughs> glad to be be a part of uh, the show this year. Hey, and we're happy to uh, have you here. And Jordan is here with no computer, no technology, no laptop, iPad, nothing. <laughs> he actually wrote his bracket down by hand. But Jordan, it's uh, an honor to have you back here tonight with us. I'm back. Honored to be here. And uh, let's get some basketball talk going. It's March. Ready to talk a little basketball. And of course, Chad Rainwater, who you have heard on most of our March Madness shows, is Joining us again, Chad, how are you doing tonight? Good, man. Glad to be back on the show. It's been a while. Yes, it has. Well, I do want to start uh, this <clears throat> show out talking about a team that we all know got snubbed out of the tournament. Or did they get snubbed out of the tournament? The Louisville Cardinals. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you got to talk about Louisville. I mean, they're, they're not in for a reason. They're yeah, not I, in for a reason. They I got feel, what they deserve. I feel like it is worthy to talk about the Cardinals opening up the show because the reason I want to talk about Louisville is because Louisville is a team that could have made it to the tournament this year and they could have made a run. They could have even been cutting down the nets. They could have won the whole thing. Um, but it's kind of a shame that they didn't make it in because of the players that were that could have been playing this year. They had nothing to do with the uh, situation going on up in Louisville. You know, the, um, the Katina Powell, the prostitution – that all just kind of got out of hand, and the people who have to suffer for it, is, of course, is the is the players currently on the team. What do you guys think about Louisville not being in the team you, in the tournament this year? Do you think that's a fair a think, fair post ban? I think Louisville. They, I mean, it was a postseason ban by their own part. They were the one that suggested that for themselves. But I do feel bad for the two transfers that came in this year. Both of their seniors, I believe, both of the leading scorers on their team. You know, Rick Pitino's a good coach. Louisville's a Louisville's a March team, and it's you know, as much as I as much as I hate to say it, I hate not seeing Louisville in the tournament this year. It's fun to compete with them, and they are, they do compete every single year. That's what you can count on out of Louisville in the tournament. They make it better, and I do think that Rick Pitino is gone after this year. I don't think that Pitino is going to be in Louisville, which is sad. I like having Pitino in Kentucky. I think he makes the Kentucky basketball and the Louisville basketball rival. Uh, it makes it better, Cal versus Patino. So it's it's unfortunate that uh, Patino's going to be gone. I agree. Yeah, it's always fun having uh, Louisville win the tournament. And uh, like you said, I don't I don't think that I don't agree with these players on this year's team deserve to be punished. Uh, I think they should at least uh, take away their title from. Was that 13 that they won? Yeah, so you actually think, wins? You think I, they should I'm take sure, away? I'm sure that's what's going to happen eventually, but I don't think that they should punish the players on the team that weren't involved this year. Well, the title they won in 13, a lot of the people, like, I mean, Montrez Harrell is a name that was, I mean, he's been plastered all over the Katina Powell situation. And right, stuff. that's what I'm saying. Take away, what, Peyton Siva, all the, you know, people like that. Those were a lot of names brought up in this. So it's, you know, you're punishing these kids that, had nothing, had to, do nothing to do with it. The coaching, the the coach that was part of that is not even there. I mean, most of the kids on this team weren't involved in it, and 
You know, it, it sucks for it to be like that, but... Andre McGee. There has to be yeah, some Andre McGee. consequences. Andre so, I, I have no problem with the postseason ban. I mean, it's unfortunate for the for the kids on the team this year that don't get to go to the tournament, but uh, I'm glad to see that, um, you know, there there has been some consequences for their actions so far, and, and I think we'll see more, uh, maybe more like what Chad was talking about once the NCAA... Uh, weighs in on it. Yeah, it's not over. Uh, you know, the postseason ban is just the beginning. But moving on, let's talk about the teams that actually are in the tournament. So what I want to do here tonight is just the regular rundown of what we do on the Selection Sunday show. We'll talk about our bracket predictions. We'll talk about our key games. Uh, we'll talk about possible upsets and the sleepers that we have chosen. And we're going to talk about our final four. Each one of us have our final fours written down, and we're going to talk why we picked the teams that we did pick. So let's start by talking about the teams that got snubbed from the tournament. Um, I'm going to start out by saying St. Mary was the team that got snubbed. They uh, were uh, – what was their record, St. Mary's? And, uh, I didn't look up that. They, they were 27-5. and 27-5. and five. How do you win 27 games and not get into the tournament? Well, a lot of those uh, 27 wins were against lesser competition, and it looks like they, they, the game that it really came down to for St. Mary's and their resume was uh, a defeat they took at Cal earlier in the season. They lost by four points there, and you feel like if they'd have won that one, that would have been enough to, to put it in. But apparently the committee uh, just didn't see enough from the rest of the games that they played to, to put them in. But definitely I, I think that St. Mary's had a strong case uh, regardless of them. Did you guys find any other teams that you felt like got snubbed out of the tournament other than St. Mary's? I do. I found – I do. Yeah, I did find a team that uh, – I did find a couple of teams. One that sticks out is Montmouth. Uh, they were 27-7. and seven. They finished first in their conference, and uh, they had some pretty pretty big wins. Looking at their schedule, the schedule here, I've been having trouble talking today. <laughs> but uh, they, they won at UCLA to start off the season. Uh, they beat uh, a ranked Notre Dame team. They also won against uh, USC. Um, I don't see any like big losses that they had here. And then in the conference, they only lost two games. They lost to the in the finals of their uh, conference tournament. But I, I just think twenty seven and seven, they should have at least got in. They went seventeen and three in their conference. I don't know how a team like that doesn't get in the tournament. And another team is South Carolina, coached by Frank Martin in the SEC. He had that team rocking and rolling all season long, and it seemed like that when it started to really matter, uh, starting late January in February, uh, the Gamecocks started to fall. They ended up with a record of uh, 24-8. and eight. So, yeah, do you guys agree with that? Do you think South Carolina maybe deserved at least a play-in game? Or? I believe South Carolina – I mean – I think Vandy deserved more than just a play-in game. I think Vandy should have been, you know, outright in the field. I do think South Carolina and then possibly one more SEC team deserved a play-in game at least. I mean, the SEC has been pretty across the, you know, across the boards even. We got a lot of good teams. We got a lot of teams that beat and bang each other in the SEC and I think it's a it's a good conference on the rise and I'm kind of disappointed to see that we didn't bring at least four to five teams in it this year. It's but there, I think as a conference as a whole, we kind of got snubbed out of the out of the tournament bids and stuff. So right, you know, you talk about um, you know the SEC. It really doesn't help the case for the SEC being a good conference because I always said the I always said that the SEC was an <laughs> underrated basketball conference. But looking at the bracket, the only two SEC teams I see in the tournament this year are Kentucky 
and Vanderbilt, and is there another Texas one? Vandy's, uh, uh, Texas A&M, yeah. Texas. Texas. Vandy has that playing game against uh, Wichita State, I believe. Texas or A&M. VCU. I, I no, it's, it's Wichita State Wichita and Vandy State, the playing yeah. game, yes. Okay, yeah, so I can't believe I forgot about Texas A&M because that's a team I – I have as a sleeper, but all right. So teams that we are surprised to see in the tournament out of all the teams that we are seeing on our bracket, what's that one team that you are looking at and you're just like, wow, how did they get in? Uh, for me, it's it's Tulsa. I was a little surprised to see them in. That's probably who I would have replaced with a St. Mary's or maybe South Carolina. I, I just feel like the committee was a little bit too strong on the. Uh, uh, American Conference. I mean, that's pretty much what used to be Conference USA, and it's not It's not a real strong basketball league. I mean, SMU was one of the strongest teams, and they're on probation. Um, so as far as Tulsa goes, I mean, they had a, a, couple of, uh, a couple of losing streaks throughout the season where they would lose multiple times in a row and uh, couldn't even get past Houston. Took a 15-point loss to, to Houston on the road, for uh, example. So I just don't – I don't see that as being a team that's, that's going to – make any noise in the tournament, and I'm kind of wondering why they're even there. Yeah, a team I had, uh, I had Syracuse. They finished 19-13 and 13, ended up with a, a – was it a 10 seed they got? Right, yeah. Um, and it, they lost five of the last six games, and I don't understand. They went 9-9 in their conference. I don't I don't know how a team with that bad of a – with a resume gets into the tournament. I, I don't know what they saw in Syracuse. Um, they had some okay wins at the beginning of the season. They beat Connecticut and uh, Texas A&M. Um, but they did, just too too many losses, and like I said, they finished. They lost five of the last six games. I don't see what I don't know what they see. Do you think that the reason Syracuse might have got in was because of the conference that they play in, because of the games that they do play are weighted so heavily in this decision? I don't. In the I don't know. Process? They finished ninth in their conference. You didn't finish ninth in your conference and you get in the tournament. That I don't know. I have no idea how that happened. How they happened to get in? Yeah, I really don't. You know, because I have them written down too, and you know, it just. It's bizarre that their record is nineteen and thirteen because I've seen schools in decent conferences with better records than that. Like I mean, St. Mary, for instance, twenty six and seven, they got snubbed, and then here's a team from the um, uh, ACC, uh, nineteen and thirteen, getting in. And if you remember Kentucky back in two thousand and thirteen, getting snubbed in the NCAA tournament after having a record of like twenty one and twelve, so. Yeah, it's it's definitely a surprising team. Any other teams that you guys feel like shouldn't be in the tournament? That is my one was. I mean, I'm going to agree with you all. I thought you know Syracuse is one to look at, but they also played about half the season without their coach. As soon as Jim Beheim hit the bench again, I mean, they went on a roll. Forgot they, about that. They started you know winning left and right, but still, there's no excuse for you know all the games they piled up and losses towards the end of the season. I just I've been able to watch Syracuse four or five times this year, and I'm just I haven't been too impressed with anything that they're doing. What was it that Jim Beheim did to get suspended from Syracuse for like nine games? He broke some NCAA violations. Was it something to do with recruiting, or I don't really know the ins and outs of that story of why he's gone or why he was. Out I can't I can't 100 percent remember right now. It was you know the the violations and stuff he had. I'd, I'd have to look it up to be able to remember that though. All right, Zach. Do you have any uh, teams that you are surprised to see in the tournament, or did uh, well, we kind of just run through already? Tulsa was my big one. I, I would have to kind of disagree with what Jordan was saying earlier. I didn't feel that Vanderbilt had a real strong resume. Um, I'm glad that the SEC got more than did two teams in, but uh, I probably would have picked South Carolina over them. Um, and there were also some some smaller conference teams, um, 
somebody like a Valparaiso or St. Mary's, like we were talking about earlier, that I think could have made a, an interesting storyline and possibly a little bit uh, more noise than Vanderbilt. I see them uh, getting handled by Wichita State pretty easily uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe that game is. So let's look closely to the matchups that are on the bracket. Let's look at the key games, uh, some games that we all feel like is going to be exciting to watch and could turn into some upsets. Uh, do you think, I, I should ask, do you think that this could be the first year in history that a 16 seed beats a number one seed? I don't think it's happening. But if there was ever going to be a year, I believe this would be the year. Honestly, I if there's going to be a 16 seed beat a one seed, I'm going to take Southern. And I think, I've watched Southern play a couple times, and I think Southern could take on Oregon. Right. Well, um, cross. what is it? It's a playing game. Oh, it's how you got to play. Oh, so bad. you got bad. So, so you, th- you think <laughs> keep going? Keep going. So, okay, yeah, because a lot of times people like to ignore the playing games, and they're like, "Well, they're playing, so I'm going to take the next team under them, whoever they're playing." But hey, I've seen some playing teams go far. What was it? Dayton one year ended up going yeah. to the Elite Eight, and they were a playing game. Dayton two years ago, I believe. Yeah, that was. They were fun to watch. It's uh, it's it's hard. To, it's going to happen one day. Um, it'd be exciting for this to be the season, but that's just so hard to predict what sixteen um, would be the one to pull it off. Uh, you know, I think Hampton may have a chance against Virginia. Uh, I know those schools are very close. I'm sure that the uh, Hampton coaching staff is very familiar with what Virginia does. They probably see them on the news all the time there. Uh, so maybe they've got a game plan to take down Virginia. And I, I do feel that Virginia is a weak. Uh, number one seed, I would have gone with Michigan State over them. I feel like Michigan State got snubbed out of they the number did. one seed. I I believe Michigan State should have definitely been a one seed over Oregon or Virginia. Well, they should should have been one over a uh, one seed over Virginia. Virginia didn't even win their conference tournament, and Michigan State did. So I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, you know, an exciting game I feel like uh, that's going to be in this tournament is Texas versus Texas A&M. I think that's going to be a matchup we see. Now, I do – I mean, it's a possibility that we might not even see that matchup, but, you know, it's it's going to come down to the Texas versus U and I game. I think Texas has got that. And then Texas A&M uh, plays Green Bay, and I think Texas A&M is going to beat them. So I do think that we're going to see Texas versus Texas A&M. I hope. I, I... – Northern Northern Iowa is going to be a team to look out for, though. But I do agree. You know, I think I like the I like the coaching change in Texas this year. They've been a lot better, more fun team to watch. You know, ever since they got Shaka Smart, and you know they're big. There's some they're they're getting their stuff together. But Northern Iowa is going to be a heck of a game for them. Two good coaches, uh, in state rock. Would it be considered an in state rock? What you think? I mean, has Texas this, and Texas it's got to be. Yeah. It's yeah, got to be. It is. They used to be big rivals in the, when the Texas A and M was still in the Big Twelve. They actually uh, play each other this year in the beginning of the season, and Texas A and M beat them. Right. So I mean, I've got Texas A and M actually beating Texas, and then I got Texas A and M playing Oklahoma, and I got Oklahoma defeating Texas A and M. But that was a hard one to uh, to to write down on my bracket. How far do you guys have? Texas A&M going in your brackets? I have Texas A&M going the same way as you do. I I just think uh, the uh, beardless James Harden down there in Oklahoma, uh, <laughs> yeah. Buddy Hield, I he's just he's too good. Yeah. The kid's too good. Yeah. What about you, Chad? Where do you have Texas A&M I have Texas bracket? A&M going to the Final Four, actually. I haven't beaten uh, Oregon here in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four to play Kansas. Texas A&M is a really good team. Uh, we all saw that today when they played Kentucky. Um, they have really good guys. Uh, Jalen Jones. Putting up fifteen and seven, uh, Daniel House had a career game today with uh, thirty two points. Thirty with a thirty one and thirty two. I, I, I just it was, remember it was, he had the twenty nine at one point. That was a career high. Those guys 
or that's a good team. Uh, Alex Caruso as well, and mm-hmm. big dude uh, Tyler Davis down low. That's a really good team, and I don't think people realize how good they are. I, I see them going to the Final Four. Zach, where do you have Texas? I've actually A&M? got uh, Texas A and M knocking them off, uh, or excuse, or no, I'm sorry, Texas knocking off Texas A and M. Okay, there in the second round. Uh, like Jordan was talking about with Shaka Smart, I mean he's a he's a battle tested coach in the uh, in the tournament, and he's got a great point guard in Isaiah Taylor. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what you need to to pull out some big wins. And I've actually got Texas uh, getting over Oklahoma in the next round as well. I think uh, Oklahoma, the kind of the flip side of of having a great player is that if he has an off night, you can you can go down. So I've actually got Texas as one of my sleeper teams. All right, another game that I find very interesting is uh, the Kentucky versus Indiana game that we could possibly be seeing. Because it's Tyler Eulis versus Yogi Ferrell, two of the top point guards in college basketball. Now, I think Tyler Eulis is the best college uh, point. He's the best point guard in college basketball as of right now. But the second best point guard in college basketball is Indiana's point guard, Yogi Ferrell. So I have been waiting to see this matchup. I have been waiting to see point guard versus point guard, Yogi versus Tyler. It's going to be an awesome matchup, but I do have Kentucky beating Indiana. I do think when it comes down to Tom Crean versus John Calipari in the tournament, I'm just going to go, history tells me that Kentucky is going to defeat Indiana. Kentucky's got a, a rough road. I think that of the selection committee cut them no slack, as usual. So, you know, I have to get to the Indiana-Kentucky matchup, Indiana's got to beat Chattanooga. Kentucky's got to beat Stony Brook. So it will be Kentucky-Indiana. Got Kentucky beating Indiana and playing North Carolina. And that's when I have Kentucky falling. Falling. See, Kentucky's going to have a tough road. Like you said, Yogi Ferrell is probably the second, you know, between Yogi Ferrell and Tyler Ulis, in my opinion as well, the two best point guards in college basketball. If Kentucky can get through Indiana – they're going to have North Carolina and Marcus Page waiting for him. Right. And if he's not the third best point guard in the nation, he, he's definitely top five. That's so, what I'm saying, yes. So do you have Kentucky and North Carolina matched up as well? I have Kentucky and North Carolina matched up as well. And I, North Carolina has a lot of size on Kentucky. That's the one thing that scares me. Uh, Bryce Johnson, he's been just incredible this year. Um, North Carolina's got a good team. If Kentucky's bigs come to play, if Alex Poitras can uh, get everybody in shape and, you know, get our get our little big men to, to use some muscle, then I think we might be able – UK might be able to advance past them. And then, you know, at that at that case, you have uh, West Virginia or Xavier waiting for you then. So, we you, got a tough road. You know, I, I kind of agree that we have a tough road. But if you look at the teams we play, the – Thing we run into the most and struggle with is going against uh, going against teams with big men, and it looks like these teams. It's in our region. It's more of a uh, it's more of a guard powered region. All the good guards are in our region, and there's not really any big men that we struggle with. So if we could get past Indiana, I think we could give North Carolina a good chance. Um, I don't think we'd struggle with the big men. Like maybe I don't I don't know that Kennedy Meeks and. Uh, Who's the other dude they have? Bryce Johnson uh, is their power forward. Bryce Johnson. Who's the dude that? Yeah, yeah, Bryce Johnson. I don't. I don't think we'd have much trouble with him. So what's another? What's a game that stands out to you? Looking at your bracket, what game do you feel like is going to be exciting for the fans to watch? In, the, in this first round here, yes. or any, well, uh, just it, just anywhere in the tournament. Well, I mean, I, do you have any written down? I mean, 
Not really, but I could I can tell you a couple of them. I uh, I have uh, seen I have seen Hall going pretty far this year in my bracket. Um, I, I watched them play yesterday, and they they played really well when they're in the Big East Conference tournament. And uh, I've seen Hall beating Gonzaga in the first round, and then playing Utah, which is a three seed in the Midwest region. And I have uh, seen Hall beating Utah. I think that uh, I think they have a really good chance of beating them. Uh, but other than that, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't have any like upsets I'm looking forward to or anything. Zach, what about you? What's some key games that you feel like is going to be interesting to watch? Well, we already touched on the Texas-Texas A&M. I think that's going to be a great matchup. Come right down to the wire. Um, UK, uh, just the teams that the NCAA has matched us up with. I think that's going to make for, uh, as long as UK keeps winning, it'll make for an exciting uh, couple weeks in Lexington. Potentially playing uh, Indiana, North Carolina, West Virginia, Michigan State. I mean, how about that uh, for four games in a row right, right. there? That's I mean, that's all traditional uh, rivals there. Uh, it be exciting. And then I think the one game that, that I haven't heard anybody mention that I think will be a kind of an instant classic uh, could potentially be a Kansas-Maryland matchup in the Sweet 16 over there in the South region. Uh, don't sleep on Maryland. they got a lot of talent on that team. Definitely. And um, Kansas, another great record, but that, that's a team that uh, I think benefits more than any other uh, program in the country from their, from their home court advantage. And it's always kind of a wild card once they actually get in the tournament and have to get away from home a little bit. Are they really as good as, as they've looked all season? You know, speaking of the Kansas-Maryland game, I have that uh, happening in my bracket as well. I have Kansas beating Maryland, but gosh, that was a hard one to write down too because Maryland is uh, a lot of people's winner. A lot of people have Maryland winning. I've, I've talked to a lot of people before the brackets even come out, and they said, I like Maryland's chances because a five seed, it's not too far from what we've seen in the past win. We've seen five seeds win. Those are going to be two experienced teams battling. If they can, if it's if it comes down to Maryland and Kansas, it's going to be, it's going to be you know, blow for blow. They're both good coaches and both, you know, uh, a senior team, more of a senior team, guys that have been around a little bit. Kansas is, in my opinion, is going to be a hard team to beat. Perry Ellis carries that team, and then Trey Mason, a good little point guard, and then there's just Kansas is stacked. Uh, it, they're stacked to the T, and but Maryland also has so much talent, and they have a oh, lot yeah, of experience. They've got Melo Trimble, Diamond Stone, Jake Lehman, Rashid Suleiman. Those are all probably first round picks right there. Definitely. So when you're talking about NBA talent. Maryland's got as much as anybody uh, this year, and I believe they were very highly rated preseason. And if you look oh, at yeah. it, um, a lot of times, you know, maybe you'll have a team that outperforms during the regular season. They've certainly hit some spots along the way, but uh, they're more than capable, in my opinion, of winning six in a row. I agree with you. I do like that Maryland Kansas matchup. I didn't even realize they had that game, but uh, I do. I think Maryland could actually, yeah, Maryland. I think they actually uh, can pull out that game against Kansas. They match up really well with them. Um, That'd be a good one to look forward to. It really will be. Any other games worth mentioning that we think is just going to be off the wall? I'm just ready right. for upset alert. I think yeah. anybody versus Duke. I just I'm not <laughs> I'm not satisfied with what Duke's producing this year. Grayson Allen's a snobby little kid, and he's giving them a bad reputation right now. He's a pretty good shooter. He's a pretty good ball player, but you know Mason Plumley is it Mason Plumley? Whichever one of the Plumleys they have playing for him right now. <laughs> He's a good, it's a good big man. Who, I just, who is the who is the plumway that's there now? It's uh, Miles, one of them. Is my is the Miles the one in? No, Miles is in the guys. Guys. So yeah, Jordan, Miles and Mason. Who is your biggest? Oh, who who is. is your biggest upset? Who do you think is just going to surprise the world? Oh, my Who's team, the, my team that I think that could come out and I'm not going to say they're going to surprise the world because they've been there. 
they've done it. They barely they barely made it into the tournament this year. But I think Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga this year. Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is gonna gonna come out and they're they're gonna play some ball. They've got a good coach. They've got a good team. They've got shooters. They've got good guards and they've got experienced big men. I think Gonzaga can can you know go toe to toe with anybody. Chad, how about you? Who's your biggest upset in the tournament? You know, I don't really have any upsets. I don't, the biggest upset I have right now is uh, Seton Hall over Utah. And that's a six over a three. You know, they say that the most uh, uh, the the upsets that occur the most is the five twelves. And looking at the five twelve matchups, I don't see anything that could possibly any twelve seed that could possibly beat a five seed. Uh, I don't think Chattanooga can beat Indiana. I don't think Little Rock uh, has a chance to beat Purdue. Yale maybe can pull off upset right. over Baylor. Yeah, I have Yale. That's in there not too. probably the one that could happen the most. Them Ivy League schools, man, they they always yeah, do well. Uh, in the tournament. What was the team that went? They did pretty. Was it Harvard? Was did it Harvard, Harvard make a run? Yeah, yeah it was Harvard. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, but uh, I think Yale maybe could beat Baylor, but also have Baylor going to the Elite Eight. So I don't know. You just never can tell. And then, but other than, other than that, I really don't have any other big upsets. Uh, I have VCU beating Oregon State in the first round. Um, Let's see. Uh, that's that's really all I have. That's- Zach, who do you have as your Cinderella team? Uh, well, I don't have like a. a I'm a little bit like Chad here. I don't have a ten seed going very far or something like that. Uh, I already touched on Texas and Maryland. I think are are two teams that are really gonna uh, go farther than you would expect just from their seed. Um, also, uh, as far as I would say, the biggest upset. Um, looking at Hawaii to get past Cal, I think that's that's a possibility and. Um, if they didn't have to run into Maryland in the second round, I, I think Hawaii is a, a team that um, got to see them play against Oklahoma earlier this year. I too have Hawaii beating. I think they're, they're a quality team. Definitely, I would have probably had them as a twelve or an eleven. So I think they can make some noise. I mean, I know Cal's got quite a bit of talent as well, but uh, from watching Hawaii this year, I knew that pretty much no matter who they were matched up against, I was going to have them as an upset. That I think they they've got a chance to win a game or two. All right, well, let's get down to the Final Four. I want to all of us to go around the table here, and I want us to talk about our Final Four and why we chose who we chose to be in the Final Four. And uh, if you're sleeper, whoever it may be, they could be in the Final Four as well. But let's start with Chad. Chad, who do you have in your Final Four? In my Final Four, uh, let's see here. I got I have Kansas coming out of the South region, uh, playing against Texas A&M out of the West. And then on the right side of the bracket, I have... Of course, Kentucky Wildcats in the East against the Michigan State. Uh, I like the. I, I would like to see a Michigan State Kentucky uh, matchup there in the Final Four. Two uh, the greatest coaches in college basketball. Uh, two coaches that really push your team in the in the um, in the in the postseason, I guess. Uh, Izzo and Calipari. But it, it could go either. It could. These are probably totally wrong. I mean, you, I mean, <laughs> you never know, you man. You have to decide. <laughs> yeah, you got to sound confident like you know these teams are going to be I feel more confident about my uh, east and the Midwest region over here on the right side than I do in the, west, uh, in the south and west. Anything can happen over there. I, th- I do think Kansas will make it the, to, the, to the Final Four. But I thought it's hard to pick a team out of the west. That, that, team is, that uh, region is really weak other than like Oklahoma and uh, Texas A&M. Zach, who do you have as your Final Four? Well, uh, I've got Maryland uh, getting past Kansas in, in what I think will be an exciting game and taking the South region. I've got Oregon um, going through the West. I haven't got to see too much of uh, Oregon, of course, playing on the West Coast like that. Uh, but uh, from what I have seen, they're a pretty solid uh, team, and I think that's one of the weaker regions. 
And then on the other side, I, I'm like Chad. I got uh, Michigan State and Kentucky coming out of there. That may be a little bit of a, a, a homeboy pick there with Kentucky. Uh, th- certainly we have the talent to do it. Um, these are the best guards that we've had uh, in, in recent memory for sure. But uh, that's a tough schedule of games there, and you only have to lose once and you're out. So I'm um, picking that one with my heart, and I hope it comes true. And then I've got, uh, I've got the Cats for the same reason, getting over Maryland in the championship game. All right. Well, and Jordan, who do you, who do you have as your Final Four? All right, my Final Four, first out of the South, got Miami coming out of it, beating Kansas in the, uh, in the Elite Eight. Miami the sleeper? Miami, I mean, they're a three seed. I wouldn't really say they're going to be a sleeper, but, you know, Miami's team is full of experience, big bully players. They've, you know, punched their way through the ACC, a tough conference. I'm pretty sure they've beat everybody but North Carolina this year in the ACC. Um, I've been able to watch them several times, and they, um, I'm impressed with what Miami's putting on the table this year. So I've got them coming out of the South. You go down to the West, um, I think Buddy Hill's going to be able to carry the Oklahoma team as far as he wants to take them. So I'm going to, I'm going to ride on him. He, he's one hell of a ball player, and I, I believe he can bring Oklahoma out of the West. Uh, go up to the East, I've got to go, you know, hometown favorite, I guess. You know, it's University of Kentucky Wildcats. Um, the talent's there. Can... Calipari's young pups come out and play. Can our big men, Kentucky's big men, come out and play? That's that's the main thing. We know our backcourt's coming out. We got the best backcourt in college basketball, but we probably have the most unreliable frontcourt in college basketball. So we're gonna we're gonna rely on the frontcourt, and we'll go as far as they allow us. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt and send them to the Final Four, and then go down to the Midwest. Like Zach said, Tom Izzo, he's a, he's a March Madness coach. Tom Izzo lives for March Madness. Denzel Valentine is playing with he's 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 a man with a mission right now. He, uh, he there's no stopping him. He's a triple he's a he's a walking triple double and he he'll he'll carry that team to the final four. All right, so my final four, I'm gonna start in the south with Kansas, the number one seed. Uh, I like Kansas, coached by Bill Self. I actually have Kansas, well, I don't want to reveal that yet, but I got them playing Duke. In the West, and Duke is, I'm, I hate putting Duke because I don't want to see Duke win, but I do think Duke's going to make it to the Final Four. Just Duke, I, I think has an easy way to the Final Four. I don't, I think they are going to beat Yale. I think they're going to beat Oregon. Uh, that's who I have them matched up with, and I think that the biggest game that they're going to run into is going to be in the Final Four, and that's going to be against Kansas. Uh, I have in the East, I had Xavier. Up in Cincinnati. Wow. Yes, I have Chris Max Xavier coming in. Uh, fast tempo team. They have awesome defense. Coached by Chris Mack, who could potentially be leaving Xavier for a bigger school at the end of the season because he's done such a fabulous job in Cincinnati um, at, at Xavier. Um, but I have Xavier playing out of the Midwest, Michigan State. Tom Izzo cannot bet against him in the tournament, like you guys were saying. So Kansas Duke, Xavier, Michigan State. And I have uh, the finals being Michigan State versus Kansas with Kansas winning the entire thing. So that's why I have Kansas. You have? My, my championship game, I wrote down Kentucky and uh, Oklahoma. But, you know, going from just, you know, as a non-biased, you know, I'm a U.K. fan. Right. But 
I think you're honestly going to see a Michigan State Oklahoma championship game, and then I think you'll I think you're going to see Michigan State and Tom Izzo cut some nets this year. I have uh, I have Kansas and Michigan State as well. I have uh, Michigan State winning it all. And Zach, who do you have winning it all? Well, I've got the Wildcats in there. They're absolutely 100% going to win it. But if they don't, it'll be Maryland. Maryland. Okay. Well, I mean, you're not going to be the only one picking Maryland. I mean. I think this year, just like uh, 2014, we had an eight in the what, was it an eight and a nine in the championship game? In the championship game. Uh, that could possibly happen again this year, if not even a higher seed team going. I think this year is going to be one of the years like uh, like we had where a VC a team like VCU or a Butler or uh, a small comfort school can make the championship game at least the uh, final four. Yeah. So you know, it could go either way. This is a year in college basketball where a team like Green Bay could be going to the Final Four. And uh, Green Bay, is, as long as we can keep uh, that daggone referee away from the uh, play-by-play man, who is that referee that is getting on everybody's nerves? Pat Adams. Pat Adams. That, there is a huge referee problem in college basketball right now. And I hope that whoever the NCAA puts in uh, the these games as referees, I hope they've done their research. Because they're taken away from the game. Like the other day during that... Uh, Green Bay versus Wright State game in the con- in their conference. Uh, the referee, what's his name? Pat Adams, mm-hmm. threw the play by play guy out. Did you listen to the uh, audio of that? Yes. He didn't and, say anything wrong. He didn't do anything. Yeah. There's a, basically the story was uh, the play by play announcer. He talks with his hands and he said that he was he made a mistake on the call. He thought that the referee called, uh, he thought Pat Adams called a foul on one player, but he said, Oh, never mind. He caught it on so-and-so. And the referee heard it, thought he was kind of, uh, attacking his officiating and wanted him thrown out of the game. But I actually reached out to the play by play announcer up in green Bay. And I wanted to have him on off the cuff, but I wanted to share with the fans a message that I received from the play by play announcer. Uh, cause I, you know, Wanted to have a show to address the issues that have been going on with the refereeing and a college officiating and college basketball, but um, actually, right, let's see if I can pull this message up that I got from him. Um, I asked him if he would come on the show, and he wrote me back, and he wrote me back a detailed message, and his name is Matt Menzel. He said, hi, Adam. I really appreciate you reaching out. Ordinarily, I have, I'd have no problem and would love to, do, to be a guest on your podcast, but in this case, I'm going to have to pass. After talking with people surrounding the team, we just feel it would be best at this time to turn the attention back on the court. I understand why it's a story, but I really want the guys to get all the attention for what they have accomplished. Truthfully, I want this story to fade. I've said what I wanted to say. I'm embarrassed by how big it has gotten, actually. I hope you understand, but thanks for reaching out. If anything changes, I'll be in touch. So, nice guy. And just because he's such a nice guy, I'm pulling for Green Bay against Texas A&M, even though I have Texas A&M going so far. But you got to see a guy like that, man, a nice guy like that. Uh, I want to see him calling more games in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, anything to add before we exit out of our third annual Selection Sunday show? Uh, well, thanks again for, for having me on here. It was good to be in studio this year. Uh, and it's the best time of year. This is... This is Christmas and Easter and Halloween and Fourth of July all rolled into one month of great basketball. I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. In Kentucky, we live for March, so it's uh, it's great to be in the studio. It's uh, it's great to hang out, talk with you all guys about 
you know, something we all have a very large passion for, and it's, uh, I hope to be back for the tournament and have some more talk, you know, a couple rounds down the road. And we'll have more, uh, select, we'll have more March Madness episodes as the tournament progresses. So, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back to discuss rounds one and two on our next podcast. So, everybody, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me, heavens, man. All right, Jordan Canasser, Ch- Chad Rainwater, Zach Khan, I am Adam Banks. This is Off the Cuff. We'll see you in the next episode. I got a really big team. I got a really big team. They need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We-